Episode 80. You will take control. We gladly put you at the helm of our little fleet. But our ships must all sail in the same direction. Otherwise, who can say how long your stay with us will last? It's not personal. It's only business. You should know, Godfather. I'm sailing away. Set an open course for the virgin sea. Good evening, go enemy fans. I'm Asus, the man on the other side of the mic is EC. How you doing, EC? What's going on, Asus? Good to uh, talk to you again. Brand new things to talk about. Very exciting times. Also Christmas season, so can't be upset about that either. So it's a good time to be back here with you again. Well, EC, it seems like we have a, a little... Uh, positive things to talk about we have a new coach as we talked about last week uh we have uh, a new system seems like uh 4222 uh which is something i've never never really delved into it's usually a 433 or 442 but this 4222 um it worked very well at the weekend uh we beat palace even though it was one nil it seems like uh, compared to the previous matches, we were pretty much in control of the whole situation. And, uh, and um, we kept taking our chances, taking our chances. Um, but you see, it's, I know everyone, everyone talked about when Ragnit was coming in. What he's going to do to change the, the team. He kind of picked the same team that, that Carrick picked at the weekend. He stuck with the McFred. He, he stuck with... Um, Bruno, he stuck with Sancho, uh, he stuck with Rashford, and obviously with nobody's going to drop Ronaldo. I mean, he'd be a fool to do that. At the back end, he stuck with Maguire. Uh, he's you know stuck with Lindelof, obviously because Ran you know still out hurt. And the only thing, um, and I think it's due to injury. Shaw and Basaka were on the bench, and it seems like whatever he. In that one day of training, after he got his work permit, in that one day of training, it seemed like this team was just a totally different team than we're technically used to seeing. And it it brings a lot of questions to me, and I'll, and I'll ask them here in, 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 a, in a second because I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. But it looked like our team was had been coached for several weeks. The pressing. Even Ronaldo was getting into it. I mean... And, and I know a lot of people have been, oh, Ronaldo's not going to press. Ronaldo's going to press. But, I mean, his effort that he's been giving in the past couple of matches has been more than Bruno, more than um, Rashford. and But yet nobody talks about that. And then Bruno, where the fuck did this Bruno Fernandez come from? I have no idea. Because this wasn't him against Arsenal. This wasn't him against um, Watford, obviously, or City, or Liverpool. What the hell happened? But yet he's still stuck with the McFred um, midfield, the, the lower, I guess you could say a lower midfield. 
and then the the, the, the the Bruno Fernandez and Jane Sancho kind of combination in the higher midfield. I don't even know how to describe it. Is it you, you tell me how to describe the 4 please. Yeah, so the 4 is is very Ragnick. This is something Ragnick's done. Um, I'm and I'm cheating because I've I've Googled and researched before he got here, so that's not something that I know. It's not a formation that I'm used to. I'm obviously been baptized into the four two three one. So it the 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 players yes were the same, but the formation was different. So when you're sitting in a four two three one, that McFred their job is to run a double pivot, and a four two 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 their job is not to send a double pivot. So that that double pivot is now gone. If you look at the attacking positions. Um, for the majority of the game, and actually, if you look at, I'll, I'll send you the positions of where they were. Their job is to, and everyone else's, is to get up the pitch. You just look at the two, the two center backs. They were actually just the two of them, and then you have Delote and Teles, who are actually just pushed forward. You even had uh, off camera. You even had um, De Gea, who was 30, uh, 30 feet off of his goal line, which is unheard of for us this season. So, it, it there is a huge difference. They've clearly been told. Just in that, like you said, one training session to get forward. Um, they've been told to press the ball. Uh, they've been told to press in waves. So that's something that we usually would just have Bruno would press by himself or Rashford might press by himself or Ronaldo might press by himself. They pressed as a team. Um, that threw Crystal Palace completely off. They were not ready for that, you could tell. And for the first 30 minutes, it was probably the best 30 minutes of football that I've seen us play in quite some time. So we can only you know, guess I can anyways, that if this guy's only had them for one day, um, I feel like these players are starting to buy in to the system. So it seems to me uh, people are going to see a, a better style of football. These players look like they knew what they were doing. Um, and and for me, that's exciting because it looks like he's going to put the players in the proper positions for the team, not for the fans to celebrate about or not for the player to be happy about. He's going to do what fits his system. And uh, I think we'll see more of the 4 2 2 I'm excited to see it tomorrow because we'll have probably newer players who wouldn't probably get a chance in a competition that matters. But since we're already through, he'll be able to give uh, different players a shot. But what, did you, what did you think about the, uh, the McFred? Because uh, um, that was a big complaint again in the Ole system, right? Everybody's like, oh, my God, McFred. Uh, Big Tomine and Fred are playing, you know, in in uh, in their position in the midfield. Oh my God, the sky is falling. The sky is falling. All these talking heads on these YouTube channels were like, Oh my God, the sky is falling. So I'm pretty sure they shit the bed when they saw McFred in the lineup. But yet, it worked. I mean, just like you said, the McFred thing worked last year. We got second with them. Um, and I have had my doubts about Fred. Obviously, I've had. I have. Um, it's just one of those things to where um, I didn't think he's a United player when they signed him. But for the past, what, two matches, this guy has come out of nowhere. And this is under Michael Carrick, too. What he's doing in the midfield and also what he did this weekend under Ragnit, um, it it's very impressive. And even Scott McTominay, you know, putting in a, a, a decent shift. You know, not making mistakes, getting on the ball. These are things that I, I, I wonder about. Like, we, we all want to see Donny Van de Beek. You know, he came in uh, for Bruno up high. 
Um, but, you know, Matic probably is there the next substitution for that McFred because we know Pogba, Pogba if he decides to stay, it's gonna, he's going to play higher up the pitch. And do you agree? He'll play either that Bruno or Jane Sancho kind of part of the 4-4-2. I think it'll either be it'll either be the double ten. So Ragnick talked about it after the game, yeah. running those two tens. So Jaden and Bruno, or it'll it, for me it'll be in the six eight. So he he does run a six eight, and I think Pablo can can play in either one of those. So I, I think you could see him in the in those four positions, uh, for sure. Um, you know, I honest my heart of hearts tells me it'll be with the two tens, uh, in that central role, either on the left or on the right, preferably on on the left. But that, that's just my guesstimation. So what... Uh, when we because look, if you look at Pog statistics... Uh, sorry. So when you look at the deep-lying midfielders, do you see our future lying in Fred and McTominay's hands? There's a possibility. But he, but again, if you listen to Ragnick talk, he did... He didn't criticize, but he did say he wasn't... He didn't like the fact that Scott and Fred passed the ball sideways and backwards a couple times. So he, 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 he clearly is sending the message he wants to progress the football. He's, he's clearly letting people know that, look, yes, we won the game. Yes, I'm happy. However, I need my midfielders to be progressive when there's an opportunity to do so. And he, and he wants them to move it quick. So I think what we're starting to see is a manager who's saying, look, you know, this is what I'm going to do. That, you know, right off the bat, I'm not going to wait. You know, I'm not going to do the four-two-three-one until you guys get comfortable with what I've got going on. Day one, this is what we're doing. You know, this is this is how high we're going to press. You know, this is how hard we're going to run. If you look at a stat that I that I found uh, the other day, which I, I thought was just you know absolutely amazing and and really telling of what this manager wants to do. If you look at a season, this is a season comparison um, of of a, the amount of sprints for the whole season. They had 135 sprints for the whole entire season. One game, one game under Ralph Ragnick, they had 132. So his message is clear. The substitutions will be used. That's something that we, I know myself anyways, I always criticize Ole for not using substitutions until it was too late. He's going to run these guys into shape, and until then he's going to use his substitutions. So I think Scott and, and Fred can work. They clearly have engines. They're clearly young kids who can run. But I think if they don't progress the ball the way that he wants it to, if you listen to his first ever press conference, he talked about two CDMs who he thinks are the best in the world, uh, one of them being Kimmich. So I don't think this guy's afraid to let players know. I don't care what the back of your name says. The front of your name is United, and if you can't fit into my system, you won't play. Um, but fair play to both of those guys. Um, I didn't think Scott did that well. I thought he did okay. But Fred, I think he's looking at things going, if I can prove to this guy that I can run around with some uh, purpose and not just run around, I think I, I think you'll find a place for Fred all day long. No, I mean, um, you and I the world agrees that uh, Fred was the man of the match this weekend. Um, I mean, he what he did, scoring the goal, the, uh, the you know basically kind of controlling you know the pressing controlling his, his part of the midfield um i mean i think everybody is in agreement that um that that brazilian 
maestro or magnifico, whatever they call him, uh, the samba dancing uh, sensation, uh, won, the, won the man of the match. <clears throat> and it's very exciting to see where these players are, can go. But what I have, a, I have an issue with DC, <clears throat> and this is where professionalism takes a big part of it. I don't know, you and I have argued um, back and forth, back and forth about this. And, uh, it's This is an argument that we'll both take to the grave and, you know, we both strongly believe in it. But professionalism takes a big... My... Uh, professionalism and integrity take a big hit on the, on, the, on, on the way they played. They gave up on Oleg, period. These players had it in them to get effort to close down to play defense I mean it doesn't take tactics to play defense to get it that's where that's where we have a fundamental disagreement where I I honestly think and I don't know how much tactical uh, I'll say not coaching but how much tactical um, information you've been given but there there are there's it's no question from what I've gotten, and I will and I will give you what I've gotten. There's complete tactics to the press. You cannot just press. You can't just tell a player we're going to press. The manager has to tell you <coughs> how to press. No, no, and that's no, what I'm no, saying. No. When, when you when you say to me that, go ahead. I'm sorry. When you lose 50-50 balls and you give up, that's will and that's effort. That is not tactics, you see. And that's what we were doing against Liverpool against Man City, against Watford. We were losing 50-50 balls and, and dropping our head. No, 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 you see, this is, I mean, again, this goes back to effort and want to. I don't agree. I don't agree. So you, you're, you're talking about two things. No, no, no. You're talking about a 50-50 ball and you're talking about pressing. So no, no, not, I, that's what I'm trying to tell you. If you're talking about not winning a 50-50 ball, that has nothing to do with coaching at all. I agree with you. But if you're talking about pressing, which comes if you can, from the top to the middle to the back all the way to the goalkeeper, that's something that coaching is involved in. And if you look at the 50-50 balls that were won this weekend, I can't remember the last time I saw a player from an opposing team pass a ball and the United player was right there. Exactly. I can't remember. Exactly. So that's what I'm trying to say. That's, that's a tactical decision that if you look at the position of the players, and this is, again – this goes back into look at the average position of the players that played for Ole and look at the average position of players that have played one game for Ragnick. It's night and day. I've got it on my text message. I wanted to send it to you, but it's night and day. The amount of times that we were in there, but before they could even look up, that's a tactical coach who's mm-hmm. saying, I don't even want there to be a 50-50 ball because they're just going to loft it up back to our, our center backs and we're going to get right back to it. And that's what we saw. So I, I understand what you're saying. A player can't win a 50-50 ball, which I don't think we lost all of them. But when you're talking about pressing and you're talking about making sure that we're doing that in waves for the entire game, that's coaching 100% of the time. Now, again, if you know of a tactical coach who literally just says, go press, please go find them. Because everyone that I've listened to, and it's not the podcast guys because they don't talk about tactics. All those guys talk about is players. They talk about who their favorite is. They talk about who's stupid and who can't dribble. That's what they do. And I fair play to them. I mm-hmm. like those guys for that for the entertainment purpose. But when it comes to tactics, 
there's all kinds of, and I think really good ones out there that will tell you how to press, how it's supposed to be done, and how those tactics work, and sometimes they don't. So I don't I don't think it's giving up on Ole. I think it's Ole not telling the players. And these are the players like David DeGea saying, we don't know what we're doing. That's the players talking. Mm-hmm. So if the players are coming out and saying those things, I, w- I would never agree that a coach is just giving up on. I would say that a coach who doesn't know what he's doing, and that's not his fault, he coached at Molda and Cardiff, he doesn't have the capacity to do what, he, what we need him to do. And I think that that's something that Ragnick has in his bag, and that's something that he's giving us, and I think he's going to give it to us week in and week out. Because um, you, I mean, you just said it earlier. You said about 50-50, and you said pressing. Again, I, when you get dispossessed and you give up on the ball and you let him run past you and pass, that's giving up. We didn't do that this game. And that's what that's the issue I have. It took one practice, one practice easy, one practice. And the, this this team was a totally different player. You talked about these these players being international players and when they work when they go on an international break, I mean they're star players for their international team, yes, because they're you you're saying that their coach tells them what to do and then when they walk through the when they walk through the doors of Carrington under Ole, they they didn't know how to dribble, they don't know how to pass, they don't know how to to put any uh, any effort in to to play some sort of defense, I yes I I give it to tactics CC, but again this is it goes to want to and effort. If you get punked on the basketball court, what are you gonna do? You just sit there and say, oh my coach didn't teach me any tactics, or are you gonna go run back and try to steal or block the ball? It's the same thing. Yeah, I like I said, I think I think the two of us have a fundamental disagreement on what happens so, when uh, things go south. Yeah. And I, and again, I I I agree with you. If you lose a 50-50 ball, that's something that you need to get to the weight room or you need to work on your timing better. That's in practice. I agree with you on those things. But when you when you say the things they gave up on him, I completely wholeheartedly not even close i don't agree with that at all again that's something that you do for a manager who you don't like and we all know that was always probably number one character trait was that everyone loved him so no one's going to give up on a guy that they love i.e bruno telling the fans don't boo him don't say anything bad about him get on to us because we're the players so they never gave up on ole i think the tactics showed they didn't know what they were doing when you when you have a job or when you play basketball, as you said, or mm-hmm. in this case, football, and you go out there and you don't know what you're doing, you're not going to play comfortably. You're not going to have a cohesiveness. And that's going to cause anger because you're out there on the field and everyone's looking at you. And you guys don't look like you know what you're doing. One guy's pressing. One guy's not. Five guys are dropped deep. One guy comes forward. Everyone's just kind of doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes down to coaching. And again... I, I, I strongly feel like, yes, there's moments and times when players get beat, but that's all teams. But what doesn't happen to the big teams, I'm not talking about all of them. I'm talking about the big clubs. They have an organization and they have a style of play, and it shows. And I know he hasn't been there a long time, but I strongly feel like the players already understand what he wants them to do. And maybe it, it, you know, it sucks because it didn't happen under Ole, but it's not like the guy finished 11th and 10th. He finished third and second, which I personally think that's a that's a great accomplishment. 
Now, a lot of that's due to the players, but he had something to do with that. So he deserves credit for that, in my opinion. He deserved to be sacked as well. But I don't this this narrative of them quitting. I don't think it was a Jose situation at all. I don't even think it was close. Um, And again, you know, I always go back to Jose and where he's at now. I mean, you just saw another shellacking he took over the weekend. I don't think he fits the model of of style that we're looking for, where there's that balance. There's that, you know, Scott and Fred played really well. However, I don't want any more sideways passes. I don't want any more backwards passes. That's something you should. I thought you were going to get on here first and talk about that right off the bat. You hate that. And he's already addressing those things to those players. So they now know if I'm on the pitch and I'm playing for him and there's a progressive pass to be made, I had better make it. Otherwise, he's going to probably pull me because he's already told me. So I just I just look at things and, and I understand exactly where you're coming from. And I think you have good points. I just don't see the the give up part at, at all. I don't I, I don't even think it was close. No, no. Uh, again, we can both of us can. There's nothing wrong with what you're saying. There's yeah. probably tons of people who agree that they quit on him. I, I, there's, I mean, you said Roy Keane said that they quit on him. I think you said uh, uh, Skull said that they quit on him. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with that thought. I just don't. I don't agree with you guys. No, no, no. But uh, it's funny that you bring up uh, the back backwards passing. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Uh, well, because I guess it's we're so used to it. You know, it's just exact. It's one of those things. I mean, it's like uh, if you and I both work in the in, in the industry, oil gas. It's like you don't see the hazard until because you always see it. And we'd been seeing right. this type of play for so long, so it didn't matter. But it, and, and 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 to and to your point, it's not punished, yeah. right? It's not disciplined. It's it's kind of well, you'll start again. We'll do four, two, three, one again. You'll play again, and you can do it. And I and I love you so much. Because you're United boy, and and that's what it is. I don't think he's going to play that, and I, I I honestly don't think he cares. I'm so excited for the month to be over because I I hope he starts right off the top and gets with murder and says, hey, let's go get these two kids. I mean, we saw we saw the death. Unless Tony was hurt, we saw the death of his career when when Alanga came on and played. I thought played quite well. I don't yep. think he did anything. He did well. The kid and is is good. So, so you can you can tell right off the top who Tony Tony is someone that Ragnick has praised and has said great things about. Did he play him? Nope. So the way that I'm looking at things, this coach doesn't care about your wages. He doesn't care about your name. He doesn't even care if he talks about you and says that he likes you. He's going to play his system his way, the way he wants to do it. And I'm I'm very excited for tomorrow. Like I said before, because I think he's going to shake things up quite a bit. Uh, um, and, and play some kids that, that uh, he wants to take a look at. <clears throat> Let's get to um, – you talked about changes, and uh, changes of the team, and uh, some of the some of these substitutions weren't uh, – I, I had a few questions on. I had a questions on, first of all, him substituting Mason Greenwood for Jaden Sancho. I didn't think Mason uh, – Jaden deserved to come off or as early as he did. I thought Mason should have substituted for Rashford. I don't think I didn't think Rashford had a. a, a I, I I'm not saying a bad game. It's just it. I don't know. There's something with Rashford that he's not, um, not clicking right now. And Mason yeah. Ma, Mason's a striker. Why didn't he try to come up top with Ronaldo? 
I had a question about that substitution. And then, well, Alanga came on, and the kid played good. I mean, the, the kid has a motor on him. Um, you know, and, you know, he tried to take his chances. Obviously, Mason, you know, with the assist, uh, that assist with with, uh, with Fred, and Fred just freaking, like a pillow, his fucking beautiful, like, on his right foot. You know, just curled it in, very soft, very touch was great. I mean, it's just like, he just... It floated in, and it was a it was a great setup play, uh, and then also the the the, the, the give off from uh, Mason to Fred um, worked out very well. So um, again, I just question that substitution, and obviously again, what does Donnie Vanderbeek have to do to come on a little earlier? Again, he gets the what the 89th, 87th minute substitution. Uh, thank God we you know we had five. I'm not. For his sake, for our sake, we're already one up. I want I, after the ninety. I wanted the game to get killed, right? But for Donnie's sake, we went into what I think it was five minutes of uh, extra time. <clears throat> so we got what six or seven minutes of play. But again, we um, I think we thought with Ragnit and, Ra- and his style that we'd see more of Donnie Vanderbeek, which we'll we'll see more of him tomorrow because I think it's been confirmed that him uh, and Dean Henderson are going to be in the lineup for young boys. So he'll, you know, he'll get a good a good look at tomorrow. But with the substitutions, and I know the three substitutions in uh, the Premier League kind of hinders your um, hinders what you have to do. But did you do you have the same feeling regarding um, regarding the Mason thing, Mason substitution that I did when I saw it come on? I didn't think Jaden deserved to come off. I think it's. Just physical ability. I, 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 th- when I mean physical ability, I mean just their their fitness. I don't think it had anything to do with uh, with anything other than that. Um, I think Bruno was tired as hell. I thought you know most a lot of the players, even Ronaldo, looked like he was fit. Uh, and I think that's just due to the fact that you know you saw a team you know try to press the entire game, and that's just something that we're not used to. So um, I wanted Donnie to come on earlier. I agree with you uh, with that. I was I called I was calling for it. I, I think I sent out a tweet and I wanted him to, to come on. And I think we scored <laughs> right before he did. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm fine with, with what Ragnick's doing. You know, I think Donnie was, will get opportunities. Uh, I think the main thing for Donnie is, uh, you know, you can't have, you know, a couple flashes here and there. It's, it's got to be, you know, a complete game um, of, of him doing what he needs to do. So um, long season to go, long, long way to go. And I, and I think Donnie will play a role. Um, and where we go, um, you know, I think, you know, I'm a lot more, more confident in the fact that they could potentially get top four. It's obviously not a lock. Um, I think the way West Ham's playing right now is just amazing. But no, I don't. I wasn't. I wasn't super shocked about uh, any of the substitutions. But I agree with you. I wanted Donnie to come on a little bit earlier. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought uh, the Donnie thing. I thought he would start, but uh, coming on earlier, and yes, fatigue. You, you saw it. Fatigue started to play a factor, and we didn't press as much. Uh, and I think that's something that <coughs> physically they're gonna they'll get taken care of throughout the season, especially this run of games that we're having. I know we have a game tomorrow and a game on Saturday, but then we shut down. So I think a one game a week. So that gives us more time on the pitch, more time in training, more time to get healthy. I mean, if damn, if you see how many people are hurt. It's crazy. I mean, we barely have a squad to, you know, to have tomorrow. 
due to the fact that it's a Champions League roster, <coughs> it's crazy with the injuries that, that we're having right now. Um, I know this is very controversial. And a lot of people have difference of opinion on this. Maguire. Maguire started. Maguire played. And I thought he played very well. I mean, again... It's very. He's like he's like Fred, one of the very surprising, uh, surprising uh, players. Again, give him the armband. Do you think this for Maguire, this Ragnick thing, or this new formation that'll give him some sort of cover and not have the onslaught of you know of always being attacked? Um, is it a breath of fresh air for him? And do you see him going forward? Having a different role, especially when we have a healthy uh, uh, Rafael Varane. Well, I think I think the formation again and the tactics prove that this is something he'll be able to do. Um, I think with him, you know, in the previous games, if you look at where he's, you know, been throughout the game, he's kind of pushed forward back. Whereas in this last game, I mean, his average position was at the line, and and and, and both of them, he and Lindelof. Who, who needs to get a lot more credit than he's been getting. But no, I think Harry Maguire will be fine if we continue to play the way that we play, play as far as pressing. Um, if you if you looked at the game that we just played, he looked a lot more progressive, which is something that he was doing last season. Um, this is something that I thought he was going to continue to do better, but I just think tactically he was just pushed back. And I so, so I think, again, if, if Ragnick continues to just go at teams and be aggressive, I think that'll her- help Harry Maguire and it'll put him into a position where he, he again, looks good. Remember, when, when we had the likes of Vittage, Vittage played further up the pitch, and he was just as slow as Maguire, but it didn't show because we were pressing and we tried to attack and we possessed the ball. So I think you're in the same position, not comparing the two, just saying as far as pace is concerned, you've got two players who aren't as fast, but if they're further pushed up and people are pressing, it's not going to show those weaknesses that Harry Maguire has. So... I'm not. I'm not uh, fully confident. I want to see it some more because he's got it off to a dreadful start. But I honestly think that if we continue to play that we have been playing, I think he'll be fine. So, big question is: Does he still deserve the captain's armband? I mean, I, I think when you throw it on the ground, that that's to me sends a signal that you don't deserve it. Um, that's what he did. Uh, that that for me would have been a great opportunity for him to to do that, but I I don't think Ole, with him being the guy that he wanted, and that he got, I don't think that that was something that Ole was willing to do. I do think that that's something that you know he's not going to want to upset the apple cart as far as Ragnick and change things up because I think that's something that the players would probably have been asked. You know, how do you feel about Harry as a captain? I don't think that those things wouldn't be uh, unturned. I think a coach, a smart coach, as I think Ragnick is, would have probably come in and, and had an individual session with each, each of these players and said, hey, you know, how do you feel about him as a leader? So I don't I don't see him doing that. I don't see him taking it away. Now, in six months, as he's promised, when he leaves, the new coach that comes in, I think fresh start, fresh, se- fresh season, and maybe he looks at how the offseason goes, the summer uh, workout plan goes and says, well, maybe we want to go with Bruno or maybe we want to go with Cristiano or maybe we want to go with Sancho or someone different. You never know. But at this point in time, I don't think Harry has anything to worry about. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm torn on Harry. Uh, I th- I think Lindelof's playing well, and it's going to be interesting when Rafael Varane comes back. Uh, and that's just it. I I know Harry's the captain, but I think Lindelof is giving something a little. He captained Sweden, I think. He, didn't he get named captain for Sweden? If I'm not correct. Um, so he has that. I'm not. I think so. And he has a leadership uh, leadership ability. So I just, I think him and, I would like to see him and Varane play and fade Harry out because I think he gives more uh, than, 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 Linda, than than Harry Maguire. And, and we're all, I mean, I know we're always saying that, you know, Raphael Varane, you know, he's um, Champions League proven. But unfortunately, you know, you can't make the club in the tub. And that was, I think, his big thing with Real Madrid. That he, you know, he's a little injury prone, but when he comes back, uh, obviously he's going to get a starting position. Some, you know, I think he'll get a starting position back. So we'll, I want to see. I would like to see that combination of a uh, uh, Varane and, and uh, Lindelof. I think that gives you more pace uh, and more um, and attacking from the back, which I think um, <clears throat> which I think Ragnik wants to do. So um, and speaking of the back, you see. Uh, Delot and Teus, our uh, our Shaw and our Juan Bissaka, gonna earn their jobs back uh, because I think Delot played a f- awesome match, Teus as well. Um, obviously, you know they have their defensive deficiencies, but going forward and going, you know, go and pressing, I think they can. Uh, they, you know they they do they do they did the job. They do. I, I know it's Crystal Palace, but Crystal Palace is not a scrub team. Uh, I just think exactly. That, um, I think that Delot, you know, his service in into the into the box, uh, and we'll talk about that here shortly. Uh, I think his service and his defensive uh, ac- acumen is just good enough to where I think he this is this you know hair above of Juan Basaka what Juan Basaka could bring, and Teas, um, and it's probably good competition for Shaw, uh, but I think Teas is just. A little better, especially on set pieces, delivering the ball from uh, your corner kicks. Because Shaw was just—I think Shaw's dreadful. I don't know why Bruno does not take corner kicks. Um, I mean, that was, that was under the Ole regime, but Bruno, when he was on the pitch, there was no reason for him not, not to be taking corner kicks because Shaw was not not doing the job. Maybe last year he was, but this year, I mean, he would be taking left and right corner kicks, and it was just bad. Um, so Teas, I think, gives that better option on set pieces and quarter kicks than rather Shaw does. If that's what they want to do, is have their backs, their left or their left back, give that um, give those um, deliveries in, into the box. I mean, I think I know for, for me anyway, as I think I witnessed the death of Aaron Wan-Bissaka's career at Manchester United. I think that's how well Diego Delot plays in the system. Now, I will say this. I might have witnessed the death of, of Aaron Wampasaka's career at Manchester United, but I've never seen him play under Ragnik. And I've never, you know, seen him be coached with a coach who's going to literally tell him, I want you to aggressively get up the pitch. I want you to move. I want you to pass. I want you to get up the get up the pitch and, and put in crosses. I haven't seen him play under a coach that's going to demand that out of him. I do not have faith that he can do that at this moment in time. It just... Delote just looks comfortable on the ball, whereas Aaron 
just doesn't look like to me he's very comfortable on the ball. So um, I could be proven wrong. I'll put my hands up if tomorrow when he plays, because he, he will probably start tomorrow. Um, if he can do that, the same things as far as getting up the pitch and crossing the ball, I'll put my hands up and, and say I was wrong. But um, I think as far as the regular season, Champions League, FA Cup are concerned, um, Diego's got that spot locked down. Luke Shaw can make a comeback. He can get his spot back. Um, he is someone that does progress the ball up the field. He is someone that plays in crosses and he can even score goals. So he can potentially get back into the squad, but it, it will not be easy. I think Tellez is now looking at this and saying, this is my shot. This is why I came here. This is what I want to do. Um, you know, I can take free kicks. I can take corner kicks. I can cross the ball in. I can move the ball up progressively. Um, these are all things that he knows how to do, and I think that's what Ragnick wants. So um, I think Luke Shaw has a chance. Uh, Aaron, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm about halfway sure that he, you know, he's going to be looking at things going, if I don't get this right against a, a lesser side in young boys, it's going to be very difficult for me to ever get my spot back. No, I agree. I think he just got Wally pipped. People know yeah. the reference of Wally Pip. That's uh, that's the first baseman that, uh, well, Lou Gehrig took his place and never gave it back for, what, a thousand, how many games the Iron Horse played for? So um, he might have just got Wally pipped, and that's it. Because uh, uh, Delot, <laughs> I mean, he came back after playing for AC Milan. Uh, he's, you know, he, he looked well. He, he, he had match, you know, games that he played for AC Milan. And he looks like he's uh, he's willing to challenge for that spot, and whatever happened, you know, when he played for it, Milan, uh, he's brought it over, and I think he's, you know, I don't think he's going to give up that spot yet. And who knows, Ragnick might, you know, want somebody to challenge, and he might bring a right back in, or he might bring a left back in, because I think that's what he, uh, before what in 2020, <laughs> he gave an interview and basically talked shit about Luke Shaw, you know, as a player. So. Uh, who knows about Luke Shaw either? All right, you see, last topic of the um, – uh, uh, so we can put the uh, Crystal Palace game in the bed. 1-0 Crystal Palace. We talked about all these chances, and we, we saw the chances, you know, the, the, that we created. But it, it still seems that, in my opinion, which I don't have a problem with because he is the greatest football player in the world, but the peppering, the the, the, the the crosses into Cristiano Ronaldo, I know it seems like, and we, it's been a complaint about, about a lot of pundits, that were too Cristiano uh, Ronaldo-centered, uh, centric, I guess you could say, right? Uh, but yet, in this, this, style, this style of system, that's what we were. I mean, we're a lot of the chances were... Sending the ball into Ronaldo, I mean, which he should have gone in several of them. I'm not going to mean he should have put some away. Um, it would help my fantasy team, obviously, but you know, I'm you know, it's Ronaldo. But the one nil, the one nil. Um, are we basically are we are we not giving other players opportunities on the pitch? Because everybody wants Ronaldo on the pitch. I, I don't I don't see anybody. I mean, I don't think there's anybody. That, any United fan that doesn't. But when it comes to chances created, it, is he not sharing the, the wealth, put it that way, on, on, uh, on crosses coming in, passes coming in, um, things like that, especially when you saw it this past match? I mean, I think, he, I think he's sharing the wealth. I think he's playing within the system. I think he's doing his part as well, or at least he did in the Crystal Palace game, which we're talking about. 
um, I just think there's still work to be done in the final third. Um, I don't think that's a complete finished product yet. And I think that's where what it really boils down to. I think you talked about it earlier. Um, Rashford, who's getting a run of games and starting, I don't think he's really hit the ground running as far as being under this new uh, manager. So I just think it comes down to just playing in the system together, this new one together, um, getting acclimated with the new policies that that he's implementing, the new tactics, excuse me, that he's um, implementing, um, and then just getting comfortable with that. So I, I don't think it's a finished product. I think the chances are great. You want to have, I don't know if it was 20 chances or not, but uh, quite a few chances that we had. Um, I'm looking at the stats now. You know, 16 shots, you know, three on target, but we just dominated the ball. So having the ball for 62% of the time, they only had it 38%. Um, you know, double the passes almost we had. So, you know, you look at those things, I think that's something that we're just getting used to being able to hold the ball, possess the ball, possess it, uh, possess it aggressively um, in their third. I think those are things that, that you want to see. But still, obviously, um, a lot of work to do because, again, when you have 16 shots and only three of them are on target, um, there's, there's a lot of work to be done. So, you know, you want to get half of those on target to give you more of an opportunity to make the goalkeeper work um, and give yourself a better opportunity to score a goal. So he's got a lot of work to do. You know, his, his hands are full. You know, he's got great players in the attacking positions. Um, you know, he's got players pressing forward. He's got, you know, two what look like wingbacks playing for him, yeah. um, crossing the ball in. I think those are the things that are going to allow us to score more goals, but I think it's going to take time um, under a new system and doing new things and, that that fatigue or that you know lack thereof, um, that's also going to play a factor as well. I think once these players um, get their feet and get their breath up underneath of them, I think we'll see some more goals. Um, I'm just, I'm I guess more excited about the fact that there was a clean sheet there again. So, you know that's what he's preached about. You know defense, pressing, um, making sure they're not giving up goals, and uh, I think the goals will eventually come. No, I mean it was it, it was very refreshing to see that the the chances created the chances created. Yes, I mean just like a striker, right? Just keep going, keep going, keep going, and and you know the goals will come. But the chances were created. That's the thing. I mean that's something we 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 fail to do against lesser teams when they park the bus right on us. I'm not saying Crystal Palace parked the bus uh, per se, but we fail to break down teams. And the chances that were that we that we created this match. And I think for, um, I think going forward, and especially with uh, timing and practice and, you know, their training sessions, the timing will get down to where we put those away. And those are, you know, and, and, and we can definitely, I don't think a lower, lesser team that's going to park the bus on us. In the past, there were our nemesis, right? Basically, there were the ones we dropped points or the ones we, you know, we, Drew when we should have we we dropped the three points and we only got one or you know hell we lost but I I think if this style of play and hopefully the discipline that uh, that's going to probably um, get in, enforced and reinforced in practice I think that's going to result into comfortable wins against lesser opponents and then we uh, go at. Our, our rivals, you know, like City, Liverpool, Chelsea, come especially come the second half of the uh, the season, when head to heads against those teams are going to matter, 
are going to matter for fourth place. I'm not saying we're going to win the league. God, no, I'm not. But for positioning in the Champions League, I think that will matter. Um, and especially that will matter not dropping points to lesser teams. Um, but, yeah, that's the bow on the, the Crystal Palace match. You see, I know we probably want to give some player ratings, but I think we can all agree everybody's a above a six on this on this on this you know on this on this on this match and fred can um fred can go ahead and be the man of the match and it just reminds me that godfather three ep uh movie ec it's um that that gentleman he's like all our ships are actually are sailing in the right direction and that's what i like to see right our ships are sailing in the right direction Hopefully this Ragnate experiment and hopefully it transitions to the next coach and who he ever picks. We have the foundation set in place to to do wonderful things. And speaking of the foundation, you see, uh, it seems like we've added, Ragnate has added um, another assistant coach and also a sports psychologist. I think the assistant coach is a guy named Chris Aramis and... And I ain't going to try to pronounce a sports psychologist. What is adding, first of all, an assistant coach that knows Ragnit, uh, obviously Carrick's out. Uh, how is it? Because you saw, you, you saw, um, you saw Ragnit talk um, a lot, talking to, was it Darren Fletcher? A lot on, on, on the pitch, you know, when they're directing people. Uh, this assistant coach, what do you think he's going to bring? And what do you think a sports psychologist I know, I mean, college football teams have them, so this is not something new for um, for us, right? This is not something revolutionary, but it seems like it's revolutionary for Manchester United because they don't they don't have a sports psychologist. So this guy's bringing in somebody. It's like that. I guess it's an episode of a uh, Ted Lasso, right? Is it? You know, they're bringing that uh, doctor. What's her name? God, she's a great character. I forgot her name. But they're bringing in a sports psychologist, to, you know, to, to talk to these players. So um, give me your thoughts. This is a, just another great move in the right direction of a football person making a football move. This is, again, you know, I talked about this last week. When you when you, you can have that balance of can I be get on to you? Can I put my arm around you? You know, this is what this is. This is tapping into what's going on with today's player it's not the player of the 80s or 90s that's going to mash it down. These guys need to get it out in order to give us their best. So I, I love the move. Um, happy for him. Uh, obviously, uh, American guy. Been a part of a couple of Gold Cup uh, uh, wins for us. Uh, Who's this, Easy? Easy, you need to explain. Uh, you need to explain. Who's this we're talking about? So with uh, Chris Aramis? Didn't, yeah, Aramis. Okay. Yeah, I didn't, uh, didn't he help didn't, us win at the... I didn't catch who you're talking about, so that's what I was. Uh, that's what I was. I wanted to reiterate who you're talking about. So go ahead. I'm sorry about that. No, just talking to Mark Harris just giving you just some background on on who he is and what he's done. So just being a part of a couple Gold Cup victories, um, you know, been an assistant at several different places, um, from MLS to um, some other lower level clubs in the in the American leagues, um, and so just excited for him because this is obviously the biggest move for him but you know again for us i think it's something that we've got to look at and say you know we're, we're making a step to again change that culture and and change that mindset and stop having bankers make decisions that football players uh and football coaches should be making so 
very excited to see how this is going to help and develop these guys to be able to move them forward and take that next step because I think that's what he's trying to do. I think he's trying to not, you know, demolish. And again, I think you said this earlier in the podcast today, you're going to see some of the same players. You just might see a different formation. You're going to see some of the same players. You're going to see, you're just going to see them press. So I think this is a good hire. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant sometimes to, to go in that direction with the positive tip, especially with new coaches, but um, I'm excited just for the the actual thought process and what they're trying to do because I think tapping into you know what's going on, you know, in their minds and seeing how their you know developments coming and how they're kind of you know taking shape to these these new ideas and these new ways of doing things. I think it's good to kind of mentally you know get that out and and, and make sure that it makes sense and make sure that they're on the same page so that there's you know, a clear, transparent idea and clear, transparent uh, thought process on, on what we're supposed to be doing. So I'm excited about it. I, I hope, again, that he doesn't hesitate. You know, I hope January comes and, and he starts to make moves because, again, I think what needs to happen is this club's got to go from, you know, this guy right now, he's just planting seeds. I think I texted you this earlier in the week. He's planting seeds right now, and six months from now we'll have a, a little baby tree and then the new coach will come in and he'll take that same tree and the same garden. He'll go, okay, what ingredients should I continue to add? What should I put on this so that I can have this massive oak tree here in the next couple, three years, you know, down the line on this project. And, you know, Ole is a part of that. Ole, he helped bring some of these players in. So, he, you know, he deserves credit. But where we're at now with Ragnick, uh, the new coach, uh, Chris, coming in today, um, moving guys like Michael Carrick on to go, you know, he wanted to be with his family is uh, is what he said in an interview um move, moving players on and moving coaches on I, I think i think um we're personally heading in the right direction <clears throat> there's also rumors about jesse marsh recently let go by rb Lep, uh, rb red bull leipzig do you think uh no mistaken huh no mistake in that uh rb likes that's that's ragnick's wheelhouse so do you think uh he might come on as an assistant coach. It wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me for two seconds. I mean, I, I just think he he's looking at this. This is the biggest job he's ever had. There's no question. He's not going to mess this up. The resources that he has available to him, the money that these owners that we all they get on our nerves. But when they give you four hundred million dollars and they allow you to go out and get players, you know, we got to give it up to him for something. So Ragnick's in a position right now again where he's going to be able to look at this and say, you know, at, at these smaller clubs, Salzburg, uh, Wolfsburg, uh, 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 RB Leipzig, these teams that he helped and found these gyms, now he's got the resources to be able to go out and get them from all over the world. And I'm, I'm, I'm very, very excited. And if he can get another coach in who has that mentality, who, who knows, okay, I know this works at RB, and if we put that same those same ideas and put it into a Manchester United-backed, you know, financial juggernaut, what could we potentially come? Um, you know, I would look at the likes of Manchester City, um, an old Barcelona model, what we used to do before Manchester City stole it. You know, those are all of the things that I think he's going to be able to to try, not do, but he's going to try to bring back. If he can do it, great. But we can't just sit here and go, well, he's going to bring back all these. We don't know what he's going to do, but I think that's kind of the game plan is to get like-minded people in the room that understand and believe in what his philosophies are 
and that that starts to spread throughout the throughout the uh, throughout the club. So it's it's an exciting time, you know. It's it's it is about wins and losses. I'm I'm with you on that, but I think it's more about the structure of the football club as far as having football people making football decisions and then on the pitch making sure that the tactics is what wins and not the players who maybe they have a million followers or a hundred million followers on Instagram, but they get out there and they get hurt or they can't play or they're not performing on a consistent level where we can just put the next person into the system and then the system works for us. No, I mean, it's, um, it's very exciting. Uh, it's like, I know that around this time, it's a, uh, I compare it. I mean, this has got me jazzed. It's a early signing period for college, uh, college football, right? You know, A&M and everything. I mean, I mean, around this time of December, it's really exciting. This is what it feels like, right? This is what, I mean, as an American, this is what it feels like to where, who are we going to get? Okay, next coach. I mean, we saw these, the assistant coach, Brennan. We saw the, this sports psychologist and there's rumors of Jesse Marsh. And then, God, the candy, you know, the Christmas of it all, January transfer window. And you're seeing rumors of that kid from RB Leipzig, <coughs> you know, the central, uh, the, I guess you could say CDM, but more like he, you know, he plays in a lot in an advanced role, like a, basically like a, a, rep, a replica of Fred, but a little bit bigger. I mean, just, it's an exciting time. It's, it's very an exciting time for, for, for United fans. So let's see where this goes. And hopefully, hopefully. We don't have uh, owners that just screw it up, and Ed Woodward just moves along and gets on, uh, gets his shine box, and moves, you know, gets out of the way. Because it seems like this, this, this um, revolution that we're having at United, uh, it's it's going to be very interesting. So yeah, uh, let's see how this goes. And it's good to say, it's good to have two Americans, right? Two Americans. They yep. add, they add that to their CV, just like. Um, you know, uh, Manchester United, and who knows? Maybe Jesse Marsh is going to be coaching the U.S. US national team <coughs> after uh, this coach uh, that we have um, for the national team. All right, EC, uh, good news. I guess, yeah, it is pretty good news, right? Uh, e, we drew on the FA Cup. We drew uh, Aston Villa. So it kind of makes our road to make may, maybe winning some silverware, like you talk about, a little easier. We don't have a... I think last year, who did we draw? It was like, uh, it was a top tier team, right? I think Liverpool or something like that. It was. I mean, it wasn't. It was, there was no scrub. Just put it that way. And I'm not saying no. I'm right. not saying Aston Villa is a scrub, but yet I am. The, <laughs> they're under new management. So you have to give. You have to give Steven Gerrard some credit. All right, even though he's an ex Liverpool man player, he's you know he's a manager. So just, just give him you know just give him some credit. You see, all right. Um, but we drew Aston Villa in the next round. Um, again, it's hopefully it's a draw that we can progress in. You know, <coughs> that just like you said, get to a final and win some silverware. I think this is a start. Huge start. Huge opportunity. You hit it right on the head. These guys have to look at Villa and go, you know, new coach. Yes, he's winning things in, where was he, in, uh, in uh, Ireland? Uh, Scotland, I think. Scotland, yeah. Rangers. Yeah, in Scotland, where you know you you're supposed to win everything, um, and so now he's back down to reality, where he wants to be. Let's just be honest. He he probably, you know, being a gooner, he wants to probably come back and coach at Liverpool or Everton one of these days. He might get the opportunity to go to Everton, who who had a big win last night. But 
I just I just think for us looking at where we are and what we want to do, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Crystal Palace was a team who plays really well, passes the ball really well, and it was 63 to 39 possession. So if we can take the same mentality to a team like Villa, we ought to be able to win that game pretty comfortably. So I think this is one of those things where he puts his stamp down and says, this is the new United. This is the new. And again, I hope people don't think that when I talk about the new United, that the old was just this. I I was tearing my hair out. I just didn't know what we were going to do. I didn't know from week in and week out whether we were going to play aggressively, whether we were going to play passive. (coughs) This guy wants to be aggressive. This is what we were promised, attacking, pressing. I think I counted in the first half five times that we won the ball back, and I thought, oh, it's on. Like, we just got the ball back again, and we have a chance. And that's what I'm saying. I think that 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 uh, continuity that they'll get with being out there on an off- on the offensive side of the ball, it's going to start to click as well. So, no, I think the draw was great. I think uh, we'll be able to beat Villa and, and go on to the next round. Um, I'm just really excited to see, you know, how he progressive Norwich is another hell. You could probably say the next 10 matches, he has an opportunity to win just about all of them because they're, they're lesser sides. Um, and again, he'll look like a genius. We know what it really is, but um, most of the teams coming up in the next couple weeks, um, they're very, very winnable games. No, yes. I mean, it's you're looking at EC. Uh, I mean, we're not counting uh, the FA Cup because I don't think that – I'm looking at the schedule and it hasn't been come out here. But other than tomorrow, young boy, I don't think he gives a shit about that. I mean, okay. He shouldn't. I agree with you. Yeah. He shouldn't care about that. That should be more of a tryout tomorrow. Exactly. Tomorrow should be more of a tryout. So we have that. We have that match tomorrow. That's uh, Wednesday, the, December eighth. And it, you're exactly right. It should be more of a. Let me see who I have because I think he even mentioned exactly. Phil Jones in the, the post match. Pro- I would not be shocked at all. I wouldn't be you shocked know, at all. I'm like Phil fucking Jones. Come on, man, dude. That dude needs to get out of here. But. Again, it's like, and he has five substitutions tomorrow for Champions League. So you might see, because I think what Ronaldo is not I'm not playing. Bruno's not going to start. Uh, I don't even know. Are they going to? I mean, are they going to travel the team? Oh, it's at home. It's a home match, right? Yeah. They had to switch it. They had to switch it because of the COVID regu- uh, regulations. They had to switch things up. So but yet they're going to be. We'll be the away team. They'll be home. Yeah, you should you should you should see Sholateri, you should see Ahmad, you should see these kids getting a little bit of a run tomorrow. Donnie and Henderson's game. already been confirmed. I think Matic is, is gonna be the captain tomorrow. Um so you, so you should see Bai at center back. Uh you you should see probably Jones at center back. Um unfortunately well, I know because they said uh Shaw and Basaka were in training, so if they're in training, if they're hundred percent, you'll probably see Shaw or Basaka and Shaw uh, in the midfield. You'll probably see whom um, Matic or obviously. So uh, Fred, I mean, you know, I don't think it will, he'll one hundred percent change the lineup, but he'll maybe you know maybe Fred will be alongside Matic in that the first two. Donny's actually going to be there. So who's going to play? You, you, you have, like you said, Sholateri. Uh, then you have up top of Longa. Then you have Mason. Um, 
And then I think what uh, Martial's hurt, so he's not going to play. Um, you have uh, Juan Mata. I mean, the, the 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 tryouts are tomorrow. So even if we lose tomorrow, I rem- I'm not really going to be disappointed. I'm not either. I'm not. I'm. I'm not. I'm looking <laughs> forward to seeing him play some new players. I really am. This is a opportunity to rest your dogs, get them ready for Norwich. There's no. You have no reason to run out, Bruno. You got no reason to run out. You know, even even De Gea, give him a rest. You know, he's played every game. Well, Henderson's going to play. Give, your dogs, give him. Give your dogs a rest. Let let them uh, get ready for the weekend, and let the kids have an opportunity to show why they're at the U23 level. And give the reserves an opportunity to show, you know, why they're on a hundred grand a week and they just sit there. So yeah. this is a great opportunity for the likes of Mason to get back into form. Um, I'm sure he wants to, you know, he's probably frustrated through getting through with COVID and, you know, trying to get back out there and get acclimated. He started out the season really well, so you know, it'd be good to see players like that get back out there and, and score a goal and and show why they deserve to be starters. So really excited about tomorrow. I mm-hmm. love these kind of games. Um, where, you know, don't really mean anything because we've already advanced to the next round. Um, so you can kind of give guys a run to, to, to see what they've got. No, I mean, that's why I'm not going to even, I'm not going to waste our time, you see, on giving the score prediction, line of prediction, because it doesn't matter. You know, it's like one of those, I don't even know why Vegas, why people, but bookies have it on the freaking, on the, on the, um, on the board, because eh, it's, it's a stupid dummies bet, right? So we, um, yeah. But what I want to talk about, and we'll talk about the Norwich lineup uh, for Saturday and the, and, and the score prediction. But th- look at this, CC. We have Norwich, Brentford next Tuesday. The Saturday after that, which is a, uh, we have Brighton. This Monday, of, uh, so we'll go a full week. We'll go the full week, and then we play on, instead of the weekend, we play on a Monday. And the 27th, which is two days after Christmas, I think the day after Boxing Day, we play Newcastle. The day before New, uh, New Year's Eve, on the, on the Thursday, we play Burnley. All right? Then we play Wolves on the 3rd, which is a Monday at 11.30. And then we have some uh, a bit of a break, I guess you could say. Uh, and then we play Aston Villa. On a Saturday. And then probably our next heavy match uh, would be the 22nd of January against West Ham. So you're looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You're looking at 21 points, I'm sorry, on the table that are for the taking because these are lesser teams. These are teams that. I'm not saying we feared, but we always got the rug pulled out from under us on teams like Brighton, teams like Norwich, teams, I mean, teams like of lesser caliber like Brentwood. You know, Brentford, I'm sorry, not Brentwood. Uh, I'm thinking of O.J. Simpson, right? Brentwood. Um, you know, these teams, until we play West Ham, and West Ham's, you know, they're they're flying. They're, I mean, they're David Moyes has them playing in a – they're top four contenders, period. Period. Yeah. They're legit. So by the end of January, you see, we're not looking for at a meaningful game. And I hate to say it, put it that way. We're not looking at a meaningful game that we're going to actually have to dogfight until the end of January. So we should cruise 
through these next seven games. And I don't want to put a jinx on it. I don't. But looking at the and then and the allotted time period from uh, from Norwich to think about it. From Norwich, we have a week. Uh, we have we play on Tuesday uh, against Bradford. So that's from what Sunday, Monday, two days off. Then we go Saturday to Brighton. Then we have so that's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, three days off to get played Brighton. Then we have a full week of training till we play Newcastle, bottom of the barrel, Newcastle. Um, and then, and then we start getting into the, the run of games where we're playing the thirtieth, we play the third, and then we play the fifteenth. So it's kind of you know, it's kind of good that we're playing these lesser teams, especially around the Christmas time, because you always hear. I don't know if you remember Jose always complaining about the Christmas period. The Christmas period, we need a break. We need a break. But this is the time. This is the this is what 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 we call here in America, the nut check time, right? This is where your two a days, the you know the bear crawls, the the shit you did on the off season. This is where it comes in into fact in, in, into place. And let's hope let's hope that um, <coughs> that uh, that Ragnit can get these players and these new coaches can get these players into a position to where. They can compete and compete comfortably. That's all I want. If we win, we win. I just don't want to be fucking biting my nails at the ninetieth, the ninety-third minute, and we're nil-nil or one-one or two-two uh, to fucking Brighton or Brent, Brentford or you know, hell, even Newcastle, right? No, I agree with you. I think they're all winnable games. They're they're meaningful games in, in the sense that this is a chance for Ragnick to show um, what he's what he's about. Um, I think he showed that in the first game because I agree with you. I, I, like I said before, I think Palace is a good team. But I think against the lesser teams, as you mentioned before, I think he's got a chance to get 21 points. And then you look up and you go, okay, where are we at in the table? Are we still fighting for top four, which I think that's still a potential for that to happen. I think Arsenal's starting to fall completely off, which is great. And I think that then gets you to that fight with, West Ham, Tottenham, uh, and, and 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 maybe maybe some of top maybe Tottenham if they can stay up uh, kind of where they are. But for me, this is a great opportunity for us. <clears throat> We're going to show these teams a, a brand new spark. There there is such a thing as a new manager bounce. We're on that, so I hope we ride that into the new year. Uh, because I think if that's the case, I think you're looking at a situation where we've already snuck a point off of Chelsea. Um, we'll have the, the other two dogs again. I don't know if those games are home and away, but I think at that point they're also going to have to get used to and acclimated to a brand new, brand new United side, and that's sometimes hard for a new coach. Um, you know, Tuchel and Klopp; these are these are two coaches who are great, but these are two coaches who they look up to Ragnik. These are these are two guys that 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 praise his name and and sing his praises all day long. So. Um, really excited again to to kind of see what they can do because I agree with you. When we played, it didn't matter. It could be Newcastle, it could be Norwich, it could be you know Palace. It didn't matter. Uh, we always looked like we were just struggling to make it happen. Mm-hmm. I feel like at this point, with that small sample size that I saw, it looks like we're going to take the fight to the teams. You know, sixty three percent possession to thirty nine. That's you taking the fight to that team. That's you looking at them and saying, we're going to press, we're going to hold the ball, we're going to pass it, keep it, and we're going to try to score um, as many times as possible. 16 shots 
Again, you'd like to see more of them on target, um, with only three being on target, but I think that's something that will get better over time. <coughs> All right. Well, that battle starts uh, on, on on Saturday, right, in the Premier League with Norwich. You see, let's go with, um, you know, let's give a uh, projected lineup that you think, and let's go with the uh, score predictions on, on how that game's going to end up. What do you think? So I think that the Norwich game will be interesting. I, I think he'll start um, a back line. And I saw Varane in practice today. I don't know mm-hmm. how hard he was going, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and, and leave him out again. I don't think I don't think it's a little, little, little too soon. So I think he'll go with uh, Delot at right back. I think he'll go Lindelof. I think Maguire and then Tellis at left back. Um, I think the two 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 will go. Um, uh, McFred, uh, I think he'll have Sancho and Bruno again. And I think the only change you might see, um, really dependent on form, is is Rashford and then and, and Ronaldo. So I'm going to go Greenwood-Ronaldo just because. I just think it's just not clicking there yet for Rashi, and I think he knows it. We can all see it. He's frustrated to an extent. It's not as bad as it was last year when we get frustrated at times, but I think – you know, Mason, I think, and I think Mason will play tomorrow. I think if he has a really good game, we'll get the nod on, on the weekend. Oh, that's, that's, that's like my, I have my, my lips or my, my, the, my mouth is watery right there. You see, that's a, that's a very right. tasty lineup right there with the, I mean, I'm with the Mutton and the McFred. I kind of, I think I can get away with, but that Mason Ronaldo kind of uh, tandem up front. Because Mason you know, is going to soak everything Ronaldo does. I'm pretty sure he's watching Ronaldo like, ah, oh, great. What he does, his movement on the pitch, especially up top. I mean, his runs that he's making, the runs that he's holding off. I think, I think something like this for Mason Greenwood. This guy's going to be, I'm crossing my fingers. I'm crossing my fingers. I know I'm being a total fanboy right now, and I don't give a shit. But I'm just hoping that this is going to, you know, uh, this, this, this guy's going to, Soak in everything that he can from from a from a player right Ronaldo and in the skies and limits for this kid because that's a very very tasty lineup and I didn't think about it uh, I wanted to see it when um, again like I said against uh, Palace when I didn't think Sancho should about it, it kind of came off I thought uh, Rashford and I agree I think Rashford's kind of a <coughs> you know something's not right he just doesn't look confident or something. And I know they tell you keep running him out there. You know it's like that. Uh, you know, in Top Gun, you see, right? When a uh, goose, you know, when Maverick loses goose and he loses his confidence, and you know, you know, he's, you know, but they tell him keep running him out there. You know, keep running him out there. Keep running him out there. Um, unfortunately, this is fucking. This is Premier League football, and if you keep running him out there and he's not producing, he might need to take a bench, take a seat, and you know. You know, see what it looks like on the bench, and come in, and you know, get his confidence back that way. But that—that's a very tasty thing, and I agree. I—I want—I don't think the—I think the back line is solidified uh, until Varane comes back. So you're gonna see, you'll see the same back line. The McFred thing is the one I kind of—I'm kind of again, 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 a game against Norwich. I think he should try to play Donnie back in the in the in the in the uh, McTominay role. Um, I think he can. 
I think he can because I don't think Norwich is as you know they have they do you know they have some players you know that can hit you in the counter attack. But I think this is a game where he can play depending on again depending on how Donny plays tomorrow, uh, especially with the pressing time right. If he's is, how is he going to be closing down? If he, you know is he going to be doing what Ragnik wants? If he does that, I think Norwich in the next couple of games too can have that'll. If he's going to be pressing and closing down on, on players, I think he'll give you a better option in the Fred and Don in the in the, in the first line of the two. You know the the fourth the fourth two two two. Um, it'll give you a better option because Donnie is a, a lot better passer than McTominay, right? Yep. Um, and he's I think Donnie has some sort of tenacity. He's not he's not a he's not a pushover. You know he you know he'll come in and tackle. So, and I think he can link up the back line better than uh, than a McTominay would. He'll link up the the play from 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 that that second two to the next two to, and then obviously Bruno and, and Sancho could do what they need to do. So I really that, that's what I'm really hoping. What I, unfortunately, <clears throat> unfortunately, what I'm going to probably see, and like you just said it, you're going to see the McFred back two. Um, it seems like um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is probably still in the, is still in the locker room making up the lineup card because that's his. That's his. Those are his boys. Uh, but you're right. You know, you'll probably see the McFred and then the Sancho. But I, I'd like. I mean, your 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 change of seeing Mason up top, um, and my change of seeing Donny in that uh, McTominay role. I don't think will happen. Uh, it, but that's what we want. That's what we want as United players, because I think that'll bring more of an exciting flair football, especially against a team of lesser caliber. Let's just say it. Norwich is a lesser caliber team. I think that's something that we could try. Just like we're going to be, uh, it seems like <coughs> they're going to be trying stuff tomorrow against young boys, trying new uh, new lineups. And I'm not saying new formation, but more of a new lineup and seeing who can play and who can't. But, um, yeah. You probably see the same lineup as you saw uh, at the weekend against Palace with Rashford and also McTominay. But other than that, I think uh, the Bruno, the, the Sancho, and him running Sancho out there and him having faith in Sancho. And I'm not saying Ole didn't have faith in Sancho, but it, it you saw it when he wasn't playing him, or he's bringing him on for five minutes, you know, ten minutes. You know, it, it looks like Sancho's a a newer player, and it started with Carrick, and hopefully it's going to progress through the Ragnick era that you're going to see what Sancho was at Dortmund. You know, going at players, putting balls for Ronaldo, and um, and whoever the other striker is going to be. So I, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, Sancho's uh, role in this in, in this new system. So your score prediction, Isi. Uh, you didn't give me one. Uh, I think we beat Norge 2 nothing. Um, I think we score a couple goals. I think we keep another clean sheet. Um, I think that's going to be a big emphasis for him. And I just think that the way that the defense are playing right now um, and being so aggressive, um, I, I think we shut the lid on them uh, for a back-to-back uh, shutouts. And, and I think we score I think we score two goals instead of one. 2-0, man. That's uh, very modest of EVC. I was going to go 3-0. I know I'm putting my I'm putting it out there. I'm putting it out there. I'm going after the I'm a, I'm a, I'm easily what it easy. I'm a, easily a four, and I'm going after a ten. I'm going after that ten that 
supermodel chick at the bar. I'm throwing it out there. So I'm gonna, you know, hey, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm gonna go for a ten. I'm gonna go for, for, you know, I'm gonna go for the three now, you know, <coughs> and hopefully, hopefully Ronaldo scores, and hopefully we can get somebody else, uh, another striker on a hot streak, whether it be. Jane Sancho, would it be? Um, I'm sorry, not striker. Yeah, striker. Jane Sancho, Bruno. Uh, it'll be great to see Greenwood or Rashford, you know, get on the score the score sheet. But yeah, I'm gonna go three nil, and let's see what happens. And then, man, we're, then we have a then we have Brentford, Brent, Brentford uh, next Tuesday. I'm not gonna give a score prediction for that because I want to see what happens, you know, here in the next two matches. Let's see what happens, and then. By the next pod, we can come and talk about that, right? Yes, sir. Well, Lisi, it's been a it's been a pleasure this podcast, and uh, <coughs> I will see you next week, buddy. All right, brother. See you. Tell the family I said hey, and fans love you guys. See you guys next time. Y'all guys take care and have a good week. And lucky Diaz, where you at? I know I'm the captain. So climb aboard We'll search for tomorrow And every shore And I'll try